Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to widestmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Does My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met at a training, and our secret sauce is that we and our partners became fast friends. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for couples therapy. If something you hear in this podcast stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com to leave a question of your own. Our next live workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, will be held online from September 22nd to 24th, 2023. If you want to get closer and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments, this is the workshop for you. Sign up at whydoesmypartner.com slash events. Why does my partner bring up safe topics to solve a problem when there are hidden issues not being discussed? I am loving this question. <laughs> There's so Me many too. edges inside of this. Yes. It's like I know. such a freaking rich question. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, I love avoiding conflict. Who's with me? <laughs> oh, I'm raising my hand. I don't think our listeners can see that. You cannot see. Yeah. We, all are. Ra- we all raised our hand. I would rather talk about something that's safer. <laughs> Feeling. And, and, and be able to solve a problem mm-hmm. rather than sit totally. inside of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because I'm mm-hmm. yeah, I'd rather do anything. And I don't want to talk mm-hmm. about the hidden stuff. Like, you know, like that's the stuff that probably is hidden because, I don't know, shame. Mm-hmm. Worry about mm-hmm. rejection. Mm-hmm. More shame. Yeah, but like those are like the the deep, real, authentic reasons. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know that I'm aware that those are the reasons I'm avoiding the big conversations. Like, I don't how know does it feel shame. like inside? Like, uh, if you're, if you're, you're not you're avoiding me. Yeah, I am. I no, I totally am. I don't feel anything inside. <laughs> yes, you do. You, you do. know what you're thinking. You how is it thinking? Yes, my thinking. So how does it land for you? So let's say you're in a space oh. where you're kind of avoiding bringing up something that's a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. You, you would stick to safe problem solves instead of maybe yes. the more difficult or disagreed on problem solves. What yeah. is actually happening inside? What are you What are you noticing? That I've played through the whole conversation in my head, and I know how negatively he's going to respond anyway, so there's just no point in bringing it up. Oh, so anticipation. Yes. Anticipation looms really large. Yes. Uh And and inside of that anticipation, there's some kind of story. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Some kind of some kind of story that maybe you've made mm-hmm. up, right? Or maybe it's oh, totally. I don't I know, know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, history based. I mean, someone based someone based on seventeen years. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. still it's still what I'm making up. Right. I have still the story you're making up it. because the thing yep. hasn't happened yet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so inside of that story, <laughs> there's some kind of I don't, fear, something that's rising yes. that's saying. I can't handle his response. Oh, and then oh, there's the avoidance. Oh, there's the avoidance. Yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. but yeah. so I don't think I think you're right, Rebecca, about everything you said. Vulnerable, all of that. It's just mm-hmm. that's not where my brain. My brain just goes to the pure right. you're avoidance. Not thinking that that's the reason. Correct. Why. That's but as I was we pointing track out. it, but it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. just don't have that kind. I don't want to say I don't have that awareness, but um, I don't see it through that deeply yet. So again, totally. to me, it's just the avoidance. And I'm so far aware of like, and I'll tell him this now, it's my boundary issue because I know that my boundaries are not, I don't like the word firm for them, but like in place enough that I can handle his response. And I know mm-hmm. he's allowed to have his response, mm-hmm. but since I'm not in a position that day or whatever to deal with it, I would rather just not bring it up. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, you know what, you know what, this is bringing up for me is how helpful conflict is in building trust. Mm-hmm. Um, like kind so, of like we can't actually build trust without conflict. <laughs> it's actually not possible. Uh-huh. Right. Like really. So, right. No, literally. I mean, yeah, like I've physiologically, <laughs> it's not possible. So <laughs> the book is the book. Logically, that's really interesting. I mean, I know and I agree with you. It's still interesting to hear you say it like explicitly. Right. So here's the yeah. thing about trust is trust is not built in moments that are going well. Trust is not built in safety moments. It trust took is me not- so freaking long. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. No, but it took it. me so freaking long to learn that trust was actually something that people had to earn, that I couldn't just give it. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't you though? You can. You can choose to. You, you can. Yeah. Sure oh. you could. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't want to. That's what you're saying. No, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. What did you say? I'm saying I had to learn that if I just gave trust without somebody earning my trust somehow, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. empty. I didn't actually have something oh, I could trust. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. I had to learn that trust was something that had to be earned. And the way to earn trust is to rumble with somebody and see mm-hmm. how you come out the other side. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need a rumble is, in order to earn trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so trust is built, and and if so for some people, uh, earned can sit hard, and for some people, it's perfect. And so, whichever yeah. way it is for you is fine. What I think we're talking about is that the experience of something being hard and us being able to come back into connection to feel not heard and then heard again mm-hmm. to feel um uh uh like somebody hurt you and then owned it whatever that that coming together <laughs> yeah. is right in that moment of coming together we learned in our bodies and our lower brains as much as the top of our minds that we can do hard things Together. And, yes. And so this relationship can now sustain that level hard. And then a bigger conflict might oh, come. That's a really good point. A, yeah. bigger, a bigger, more scary conflict might come. And I might not know. Uh-huh. I might not know whether that or not our, handle, our, our 
relationship can handle that level hard. And so we bring it up and maybe it goes terribly. And I, and then maybe I even make up a story in my head that goes, oh no, our relationship Mm -hmm. cannot handle that level hard. But I don't know I made up that story. Mm -hmm. It's sitting in the lower end of my brain, in my subconscious mind, where I just know for sure, well, we don't talk about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's a good way to phrase it. And now how much has stuff like that also become decontextualized over time within culture? Oh my gosh, totally. Right? Like how many families have stories where, oh, we don't talk about that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I just didn't know what the word decontextualized meant, but I think uh-huh. I'm catching up. That was right. a big sentence. <laughs> Break it down. Okay, so so over time, through history, through relational histories, in families, in cultures, we we end up having hard times with certain issues and not giving them full context, not talking about them, Mm -hmm. pushing them down, pushing them away. Mm -hmm. And then they become patterns that get passed through family family styles of relating. Mm -hmm. And we no longer have the knowledge of why we do the thing we do, but we have the patterning that this is the way we do things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, In... I'm just thinking in my clients, but also in my own family system, sex would be a normal topic that would mm-hmm. be off the table. So That's we don't by have normal, one that we don't talk about, not normal and one that we do. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's totally normal in my family that. system that sex is not discussed. Mm-hmm. And so if I want to go now and have a conversation with my husband around sexual issues, there's an internal thing, a hurdle. Mm-hmm. I have to go through because everything in my whole system has known for generations. That's not a subject that's okay. For generations, mm-hmm. meaning that even before you you came into being, even before mm-hmm. you were birthed, right. mm-hmm. this is the lesson that has been like laid down, mm-hmm. the knowings that have been mm-hmm. laid down inside mm-hmm. of your cellular knowledge mm-hmm. of right, right. what is okay and what is not okay. What is not okay. And so that would be one of those that is in that taboo realm for my family system. Mm-hmm. So for me to be able to um, uh, talk with my daughter about sex education or talk with my husband mm-hmm. about a tender moment or a vulnerability around sex or to talk with a client about sex, I have to do a lot of internal work with that uh, intergenerational history. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. 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 And that is that what decontextualize means? It's a big piece of it. Okay. Good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll take. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm I'm borrowing a little bit from and, and this might just be for those who want to know. I'm borrowing a little bit from mm-hmm. Resma Medicum's work where he would say that uh trauma over time gets decontextualized and over time that starts looking like culture, right? Mm-hmm. So so the way we do things. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's just my verbiage. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Right. That makes so sense. maybe in, if we're talking about sex, maybe at some point in the past, there's been some sort of sexual trauma and the, and the mm-hmm. habit is then built in not to talk about sex. And then there's generations and generations of people who just learn not to talk about sex because we didn't talk about sex that time when it was really, really hard and scary. And Mm -hmm. there was a Mm -hmm. really violent thing that happened or a hard thing that happened or whatever. So it can be, um, it, it, 
yeah, that's what I think Resma's talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so bringing us back to this question, yeah. right? What does my partner, why, why does my partner bring up safe topics mm-hmm. to solve mm-hmm. a problem when there are hidden issues not being discussed? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hearing a few really important pieces in this. One mm-hmm. is safe topics, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. solving problems. So we're moving into like a fix-it agenda. And hidden issues that aren't being discussed, right? So so we have the conflict avoidance. We have the hidden stuff, like who who's hidden issues, mm-hmm. right? Um, who's not bringing the stuff up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right? it may be that I think there's hidden issues, but my partner doesn't think there's hidden, hidden issues. I was issues. just thinking that. So if I'm not yeah. bringing up the hidden issues, he doesn't even, he's not avoiding he hidden issues. He didn't know they were there. <laughs> I was thinking that's why I chuckled. <laughs> This game would be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I, He's like, there are hidden I issues. I, yeah. I'm avoiding hitting an issue. I don't even understand. Right. So it could be, and who, what's safe to who? It could yeah. be that the person who's bringing up the safe, and I'm putting my fingers in air quotes, thing, that actually for them, that is even scary and hard. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any clue, but I think in general, it is common to do a little dance I like to call conflict avoidance. (laughs) (laughs) That we'll just not talk about the hard things or not talk about hidden issues or not talk or keep stuff to a safe surface because we don't want to do the conflict. And that that's really tragic because conflict is what teaches you we can get through hard things. We can handle it. Mm-hmm. And then you build trust and the stability, the firmness, the edges of the relationship. And then you do a little bit harder thing. Mm-hmm. And now you've expanded your trust a little bit more. And now we do a harder thing and your partner even surprises you and shows up in some really deeply emotionally attuned way they've never done before. And, and that you weren't trust expecting. More. You had no mm-hmm. idea this was going to happen. You didn't even think it was possible. And trust deepens even more. So... So it's really too bad. I feel like it's, um, I think it's too a cultural thing. I, I don't know. It feels to me like sometimes we want everything to be like more positive and more happy and more positive and more great, and more deep, but not in a hard way and more positive and more fun. And it means we don't talk about things that might make it not like that. Yeah. Speaking of cultural. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a tragedy in a larger way because I think we're lonely and don't trust our relationships very much because Mm. we don't tend to risk the conflict that's going to teach us whether or not this is actually trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Oh, pause there, please. It's tragic because we're lonely and we don't trust our relationships. Enough. Enough. To bring up the hard thing. Yeah, and then, we, and then we don't, and then we don't build trust because we mm-hmm. never brought up the hard thing. So, so you're lonely inside we, your relationship. Uh-huh. I bet you anything, you're conflict avoiding. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you're perpetuating it too, right? I was because, just going to say that because you're lonely inside of your relationship, you're conflict avoiding, and because you're conflict avoiding, you're not giving yourself the ability to work through the hard thing. So, because mm-hmm. you're not working through the hard thing, you're going to stay lonely. Yeah. So it's like a little loop. It's yeah, a positive it feedback loop that lasts forever. And the more, I just find myself thinking too, the more you're avoiding the conflict, the list is going to get bigger and bigger of things you can't talk about. Like there's no mm-hmm. way it just stays on like mm-hmm. this one topic. Like at one point it's okay, we don't talk 
I'm making stuff up. The big ones. We don't talk about oh, religion, I, I had, but then because we a, don't talk about politics. And yeah, then it just we becomes, don't talk about sex. No, now we don't talk about money. Oh, yeah. we have this one hard conversation about money. Now we don't talk about money anymore at all. Right? Yeah. And and what I find in my office is that folks will come in and they they live inside of this conflict avoidance. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a snowball where everything becomes this. And then they come into my mm-hmm. office and they're having a fight over, I don't know, the dishes or what cereal <laughs> to buy or, mm-hmm. right? Like, like mm-hmm. something that feels like it should pro- be pretty benign. But what they're mm-hmm. actually fighting mm-hmm. about, the, the process underneath it, is we don't know how to do conflict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to tolerate that we might really see things differently. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I don't know what, how to. Yeah, re- I don't that know how to stop things it. and get back into connection if things right. go awry. And so, like, we don't have a process about that. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know how to tolerate that we see things differently. That, mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I don't know how to tolerate that that there might be conflict here. I yeah. don't know how to tolerate that. Um, we have different histories. Yeah, we have different mm-hmm. knowings of mm-hmm. of how. Mm-hmm. Right, so maybe we should talk about that part. Maybe we mm-hmm. should talk about the, like, what do our histories know about conflict? Right, right, right. So here's your U-turn mm-hmm. for this episode: is if you look at your own family history, significant peer relationships, it could be sibling relationships, it could be witnessing parents, it could be how parents treated you in moments of stress, it could be um, even significant other relationships that you've had, maybe even old moments in this relationship, what do you expect to happen in conflict? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the reason I care about that is because of how much your history influences how you see the world every moment Mm -hmm. of every day. Um, So there's a thing about the neocortex, and I might have talked about this before. And if I if I haven't, you totally get it. Feel free to let your mind wander for thirty seconds while I explain it. But for those who want to refresh or have never heard this before, here's the thing: your neocortex is built up of these columns of neurons, and it's six little neurons stacked on top of each other and six neurons makes one column and then there's six neurons make the next column and six neurons make the next column and so so on and so forth. Now, the bottom two neurons in these columns get their information from systems in your brain that are processing what is happening right now. Like a video camera, right? Like a, well, kind of, yeah. Like a video camera or like, like a, yeah, like it could be a visual thing or it could be even a smell or or like you're listening to this podcast right now and what our voices evoke inside of you as you hear us talking. Well, Mm -hmm. what they evoke inside of you, we'll get to in a second, but it may be the audio part of it coming in, but Mm -hmm. it could also be like that you're hungry while you're listening to our podcast. So it's Mm -hmm. interoception. It's more than a video camera. Thank you. Sensate Mm -hmm. input. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit more than a video camera, mm-hmm. but it's what's happening right now, both inside your body and around your body, as far as you can tell. Now, the top two neurons in this column get their information from systems in your brain that are processing your implicit memory history. Which is? So, which is the subconscious memory system that is active all the time, that is recording new information all the time and sorting it into a variety of categories. And all these categories make it quicker to recall. And so your system, your brain, your lower brain system will go, 
Ah, hunger plus this voice equals what from history would be relevant here? And ask the implicit memory system to go ahead and throw up salient data. And that salient neural network lets that memory come through. And so the top two neurons get some information about what you already know about the way the world works. And then the top two neurons and the bottom two neurons talk together to layers three and four in the middle and voila, that is what you're actually experiencing. So when you hear our voices and then some feeling happens, that feeling is coming partially from what you heard in our voices, partially from whatever's happening in your body right this second, partially from your history. And it all comes together to help you make your version of how to make sense of the sentence and how to make sense of the tone of my voice. And speaking of conflict, how to make sense of conflict. Mm -hmm. What do Mm -hmm. you expect conflict to happen? So this is why I say to my clients who come in, you know, your brain is wearing history colored glasses and you never get to take those history colored glasses off. This is a wiring thing. In fact, the top two neurons are more influential. By how much? Uh, depends on the study you're looking at, but somewhere between 60 to 90%. Thank you. More <laughs> influential. And if you paid attention really closely to what's happening right now, you are still looking at that through the lens of your history. Mm-hmm. Just maybe you took it down a little bit lower than normal. So down into the 80 to 60% version, if you like paid attention to your feet this second. And Jules, when you say history, mm-hmm. <clears throat> tell me if I have this wrong, but this is mm-hmm. what I've interpreted from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell my clients, every bit of information your brain has been gathering since you were six months gestational. That's correct. So, Mm -hmm. and it's, but you can't access, you can't access the whole of the data all the time. So instead of accessing everything, you have a neural network in there that says, this is relevant data to this, to this. And so sometimes it's relevant. Sometimes it's not so relevant. We make a guess. (laughs) We do the best we can. So, (laughs) so, There's no moment where you're not looking through the lens of your history at what's happening now. So when you think about, oh, can I handle a hard conversation with my partner? Everything you know about seeing a hard conversation between those teachers and a hard Mm -hmm. conversation between those parents and the hard conversation you had with your brother and the hard conversation that you had with that friend in the fifth grade, all of that already was in that neural network that knows conflict means fill in the blank. So my Mm U-turn suggestion for you is to be really curious with yourself. About what conflict means to you. About what conflict Mm -hmm. means to you based on your history. And it's way before any thing that's happening in whatever relationship you're in now, I promise. Mm -hmm. Because most of this stuff, especially stuff that's relationship like this, uh, a lot of times you you have your first kind of uh, map, if you will, of these categories laid down by about age five, your first version. So we're going to be looking at at early history, at family history, at least as part of what you Mm -hmm. learned about conflict. And certainly in my office, I've seen people show up and you would think it was early history. And you know what? It wasn't. They had a really hard boss. When, mm-hmm. when they were 21. Yep. yep. So it could, it, I don't want yeah. us to get caught in it. It's always mom and dad, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's not. A lot of stuff happens. <laughs> it's just, well, is it laid down early? At least mm-hmm. that conflict is possible. 
Yeah, that you'd know that by five. You would know that by five. Yeah, or, by five, by five, you would have a sense of, oh, we we could do hard things. Or mm-hmm. hey, we avoid hard things always, mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. what. Mm-hmm. Or I don't have to do hard things. So I'm thinking of a person I worked with whose parent was incredibly attuned, really, really deeply attuned. And this person did not have trust in her own system because she had not had to do hard things. She never had to. This parent was great at guessing her needs before she had to speak them. There was she was an only child. She was she was attuned to with like such a fine, and she had a really really hard time handling difficult emotions mm-hmm. and and going ahead and risking conflict because she had never experienced it before. So maybe conflict doesn't exist is your early map. Right. I don't even know that that's a thing. In fact, it shouldn't be. <laughs> In this world, we don't right. have that. So um, the first thing I would do if you're in a situation where you're in that tragic loop of loneliness in your relationship that comes from not bringing up hard things and we don't have the trust in our relationship, the first thing I'd do is make a U-turn and wonder (laughs) about what you know about conflict because I promise you it is affecting this situation Mm -hmm. because it can't not. It's just how your brain is wired and we can't change biology. Well, it's funny. I also find myself like literally audience live realizing this. What did I say at the beginning of like my whole story in my head, why I don't bring it up to Gabe is I I know I can't handle this. Mm. And now I just, I'll be ruminating on that tonight because I don't know where that sentence stems from. So there's yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. There's Look something you about that. Turns live right. on, so I figured live I would. on our podcast. <laughs> I figured yes. I'd fill everyone in that that's happening live. Because <laughs> I've never, I've literally never thought about that before, right. but but it came up like there's clearly something there. Um, I know yeah. I can't handle it, and Making she's writing it down. She's writing it down so she can come back. <laughs> to I it. know I can't handle it, and so then she can yeah. make a U-turn later about. Oh, I wonder. Yeah. Why do I think I can't handle why do we, it? Yeah. What did I yeah. see that makes me I know see. for sure that I can't handle it? What have yeah. I experienced somewhere, yeah. somehow that makes because, me know? Because mm. it's not all Gabe. I want to point mm-hmm. that out. Like, that's right. what I'm realizing. So it's mm-hmm. not all it, 17 not years, all him. I'm sure, but it's not all him. No, like, no. as Jules was taught, and by the way, again, audience, Jules Rebecca Jules has taught Rebecca and I this. We've known that history colored lenses stuff before. Um, but as she was talking, that sentence hit me and I was like, oh, there's something about that sentence. Mm-hmm. And that goes mm-hmm. younger than Gabe. That's how I phrase with my clients. That goes younger. So mm-hmm. I will be you'll doing be, something. You'll be sitting with that. I'll be sitting with that. Yeah. And, and, if I and can, can I can I offer us all something, like our listeners, mm-hmm. us, like all of mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. as you sit with this, and I think this is kind of like what we're all tasked to do mm-hmm. is how do we sit with this? What do we do with Fuck. it when we're sitting with it, right? Yes. And so so I like to think about a few different skills that mm-hmm. I think really help and hold us in mm-hmm. these places of how to sit with it. I, I, I've kind of coined a term that I later found oh, out. I was, love this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, someone else ha- has already like gotten this word in the dictionary, but I don't know that they're using it in the same way that I am. But the word for me is with missing. So it's kind of like being with and witnessing at the same time, Mm -hmm. witnessing. And what we're doing there is like a few different things all at the same time. 
when we can be with ourselves in that way, when we can witness our own mind, our own process of what we're going through, mm-hmm. what we're starting to do is a we're undoing some of that loneliness mm-hmm. between because within, you, uh, yeah, between, 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 between you and myself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Between you and yourself, we're starting to undo a little bit of that aloneness, mm-hmm. and we're bringing hopefully some compassion into that. Like, oh, here's some new information that I'm exploring, mm-hmm. and can mm-hmm. I just be with this? Mm-hmm. I don't have to bring an agenda to it. I don't, I don't have, have to change it. I don't mm-hmm. have to change mm-hmm. it. But I just want to like, can I can I pause with it? Can I be with it? Can I witness mm-hmm. what's happening inside? Mm-hmm. Witness uh-huh. with a relationship. Yes. And I can hear in your voice, and I think it's worth naming out loud, there's a little bit of kindness here. It's maybe, really helpful. Maybe a little bit more than a little. But, <laughs> yeah. But that's definitely if you need a to start skill. with a little. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a little bit of kindness can go a long way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, so I'm developing the skill of bringing up this witnessing mind, of being mm-hmm. able to bear witness and be present with and be in relationship with the new parts of me that I'm starting to discover. Mm-hmm. So, for people who are new to witnessing, what is it you would be in a relationship with exactly? This new old learning that's kind of starting yeah. to emerge that you're yeah. sitting with and exploring. And oh, and how might they discover it? Well, the same way that Vicky just did. Yeah. There's something. For sure they might catch their language. Yeah. They mm-hmm. might catch their language, mm-hmm. right? There might be just something like, oh, there's something going on here for me. I'm not really sure what it is. There, there's an edge. There's something I'm kind of sitting mm-hmm. with. And even mm-hmm. as I see you, you're like pointing your hands to your body, your body's yeah. wiggling. So it I'm, may be like a sensation right. or a muscle movement that comes up. Right. And so then I like to think of this acronym, mm-hmm. right? This acronym, it's it's uh, the word BASIC, B-A-S-I-C, mm-hmm. right? And so if you think of BASIC, just remember that word. It's the basic way your mind talks to you. Right. (laughs) Right. And so so we're creating now like a a practice of pausing Mm -hmm. where we can be in this witnessing mind and we can go through this acronym as just a way of kind of like checking in. Mm -hmm. The basic acronym is going to give us um, a few different prompts that help Mm -hmm. us to figure out like, oh, what's happening inside of me right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the Mm -hmm. B stands for behavior. Like, what am I doing? Like, how does my body want to move? Mm -hmm. If my body goes to stillness really hard, like, oh gosh, I can't move, that's also a behavior. That's also a behavior. Mm -hmm. Am Mm -hmm. I I like acting in a particular way? Like, is Mm -hmm. is there something that I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. Check, just check in with that. Is there something I'm doing right now? Mm-hmm. Right for me, sometimes like I start getting like uncomfortable and like wiggly in my seat or mm-hmm. something. Like there, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. The A stands for affect, which is also another fancy way of saying feeling or emotion. Mm-hmm. Right there, there's something kind of coming through me. Mm-hmm. Like what is it that I'm feeling? Maybe, maybe I'm actually like kind of sad, mm-hmm. or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's fear. Maybe I don't know mm-hmm. exactly what it is, but can I can I notice it and maybe n- give it a name? Yeah. So right mm-hmm. now I can already do a basic track with conflict. So I'm just imagining bringing up something hard and I notice I'm holding my breath behavior and I feel scared. Ooh, yeah. that's a feeling. So that's there's my feeling. affect. There's, mm-hmm. there's the affect. And now mm-hmm. the S stands for sensation, mm-hmm. right? So like, what am I noticing on a sensate level? Mm-hmm. It might be that maybe my skin is getting really hot or my hands feel really clammy. It could also be that my breath gets more shallow or my heart mm-hmm. starts racing. 
Mm-hmm. And as I'm sitting with it, I can feel like a round, uh, like a circle. It feels like a disc in the center of my chest, and it seems almost red to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a red. So now I'm sensation tracking. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just noticing. Oh, I could bring up a hard thing, and I'm noticing what happens in my body. Oh, what does my mind know about bringing up hard mm-hmm. things? Oh, I stop everything. My every joint is frozen. I held my breath. I'm feeling afraid. Oh, there's a sensation of red heat in a disc shape in the middle of my chest and heart. Yeah. 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 Now the I stands for image. So image is an mm-hmm. interesting word because it could mean like there's a memory of something, an image that shows up, but it could also be like an image of like. I don't know. I, I have sometimes images of smells, mm-hmm. right? Like there, mm-hmm. I, I might look at something or remember something about like my great-grandfather and then the image of the smell of his apartment shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think of image as anything in your sensate world. So it could be a taste, smell, a touch memory. I'm thinking about working with somebody who all of a sudden they felt their dad's beard against their palm when we were working with a little mm. bit of history. But that was super weird because dad had not had a beard since this person was two. And so it was like a, it was a sensation fragment, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the C is cognition. So mm-hmm. that's like the meaning that I'm making up, the thoughts that mm-hmm. I'm having, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the thinking part of, of me right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's yeah. basic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Vicki, you tend to maybe know the cognition first. Mm-hmm. So you totally. saw that sentence come out. You don't have to start with behavior just because the word starts with a right. B. You could, tr- right. you could start tracking. And I want our, our people to be really gentle with themselves. If this is brand new for you, you may only get one little thread mm-hmm. of oh, this yeah. for now. Yeah, and that's, that's fine. great. That's great. That's that's fine. That's, you don't right. feel, it's like we're wanting you to have a lot of different ways to track. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can track all of them, but if you can only track one or two of them, that's also that's great. awesome. Yeah. I, I also want to point out the kindness that you both were mentioning because I want you to even picture what I said. I could easily, when we get off this call, <clears throat> think to myself, I can't handle it. Oh, what is wrong with me? I can't handle anything. Like mm-hmm. that could go in so many different directions yeah. versus, okay, so this came up mm-hmm. and there's this part of me, not only did it come up live, but it also like, I literally, this must've been a conversation we had because I see myself loading the dishwasher. So there's another image mm-hmm. of actually having mm-hmm. this thought. So then it's about sitting with the, oh, what is, what is that about? Right. Let's get to know that more without the judgment and the harshness that I could easily scold myself for. It. So I just wanted to right. remind everyone of that kindness piece. The kindness is so big. It's and what really I think big. you're really pointing out here, Vic, is how important it is that we turn towards ourselves, that we do this U-turn mm-hmm. in a, another relational building way. Yes. Right? Like we're trying yes. to build the trust with our own system. Mm-hmm. We're trying to teach mm-hmm. ourselves Oh, it's okay. We can we can manage hard things. We can be inside of this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so if I come at myself harshly, mm-hmm. I'm going to run away from myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I come at myself with kindness and with curiosity, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering things like, what am I hoping for inside of this? Mm-hmm. That might just shift that I know that I can do this. And if I know that I can do this, mm-hmm. then I can bring it to you. Yeah. 
And we should put that basic thing in the show notes. Yeah. I shouldn't yeah. call it that basic thing, but we should we, we spell should that out prompt. for people. Yeah, we, we'll yeah. spell out basic in there. I like that you're calling it that basic thing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I know we've, we've, we've held our people here. Woo. Yeah. We got into it this time. I love this. We did. We are, here we are this building our bandwidth for Discord. <laughs> so as you think, just to wrap up for today, as you think about, ooh, why do I avoid conflict? Why might my partner avoid conflict? Mm-hmm. One of the big reasons might be that you have a history, a knowing, an emotional learning somewhere along the way about what conflict means that isn't so great. Yeah. And if you want to find out what that is, go ahead and make that U-turn with your witnessing mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> with kindness and track basic, and then wonder about where this comes from. And if you're really brave, you might even share that history with your partner once you discover whatever that is. Wow, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, y'all. Good luck. Have fun with this one. Yeah, Yeah, take care care of each other best you can. And take care of yourselves. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at one of our workshops. You'll find our next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you can ask us your questions? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. And here's some gratitudes. Thanks to Al Hoberman, our sound editor and podcast production magic maker. Thanks to every one of you who has joined us for our workshops in the past. We've learned so much from all of you. And thanks to everyone who's reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help others to find the show. Take care of each other best you can. See you next time. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.